0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. So open your Bibles with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 1. One of my life passages, we're going to get into it today. The inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God. Today's message is called Rewiring the Human Soul. It says, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, go over this Jordan, cross over, you and all this people, you and all this people. Say, all this people you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Now, I want to weave in there from the Psalms, one of the most powerful and shortest Psalms, Psalm 133, verse 1. The psalmist says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, for it... Brethren dwelling together in unity is like the precious oil, the anointing oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there. Everybody say "There." there. In other words, in that place, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. In that place where brothers and sisters are united, God will command his blessing and it shall not fail. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart today? We want to glorify you and honor you for what you did through our TV program those years ago. But thank you that today all limitations are off. And today we're reaching people around the world again through streaming through the miracle of streaming. Lord, we just take authority over the prince of the power of the air and we ask you to let this message continue to reverberate in Ocala, Gainesville, the villages, from Crystal River to Daytona Beach and everywhere in between and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our theme this month is crossing over. Again, we said last week that everybody's going to cross over, not just once in your life. Transition is constant. Somebody said years ago to me, you know, the only thing, the only constant in life is change. The only constant is change. Well, you know, buckle your seatbelt. You got to get ready for it. But God wants to take you from where you currently are to where he wants you to be. That's not about geography. That's not a geographical move. The problem is if you just think that's a geographical move, you'll move away and you'll still be there. You know, you'll find yourself, you're still in the same situation where you were, you're just in a different geographical location. What God wants to do is move you where he wants you to be spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, financially. All your circumstances and attitudes, he wants to grow and change. Less selfish and more others-ish. Okay? God will always provide for every journey, spirit, soul, and body. God is Jehovah Jireh. Now, as we move forward, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of even watch commercials right now, isn't it? It's hard to know, especially those of you with small children. Like, you can, you can be watching a family show, and all of a sudden, or sports, and all of a sudden, you're getting a lot more information than you wanted your children to have to protect their innocence. And uh, it's, it's a danger zone. But I, I realize it's an, attempted, it's an attempt at seduction and brainwashing that the fallen world has gone into hyperdrive the last few years to try to penetrate and permeate their message against God, against his Christ, and try to sow the seed around it. Every type of misinformation and disinformation has become the news of the day. Everything trying to divide and conquer. The Bible calls it a form of witchcraft and mind control. That you actually start believing a message because you, you you hear a lie often enough. People that perpetrate lies think that you will believe it's true. And so you have to be really discerning. The, the word calls it seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Saying that this emanates not just from... Uh, bad people or unsaved people, that that, that this emanates from demonic power. We used to think of demonic power as something in a horror movie that you see where you see monsters and things. The monsters today are the things you cannot see, are the things that are trying to infiltrate your mind and the mind of the next generation. And why? Because it requires unity to get across Every great chasm, especially to get everyone across. The the, the command to Joshua was, you get up and cross over this Jordan. Now, first he said, Moses is dead. Now, as I said many times before, Joshua knew Moses was dead before anybody else knew Moses was dead. He was his right-hand man. Moses told him what was going to happen and laid hands on him and imparted his wisdom, and then he was gone. So when God says something to you that you already know, he's not trying to make sure you know it. He's trying to get you to listen. Moses is dead means, hey, Joshua, I'm about to do something new and you can't just keep comparing it to the old thing. And I need you, I want you, and I'm commanding you to get up, go across and take every person with you. This was two or three million people in the children of Israel, in all the tribes, two or three million people. And he says, I want you to get them all across. It requires unity to get everyone across every great chasm. Can I, to be honest with you, sometimes it takes a miracle to get a lead of, lead a team of 20 people on a missions trip. Just to get her back back from the bathroom on time to get on the plane. Don't get distracted from purpose. And I think that's part of the message that God is saying to Joshua and to us is when you're crossing over, get a unified purpose. Sometimes when, when people talk to us about their marriage being in trouble or in jeopardy or something's going on or the enemy has taken a gut punch to try to destroy your relationships... In that moment, the first step toward regaining unity is regaining purpose, not just feeling love, but saying, look, we have some common goals and purposes here that God is not done with, and can we make it through this? I believe we can through his help. If you knew what some of the people sitting around you have been through, you would be shocked and not feel so alone. As the pastors, I know a lot of the stories in the room. I don't know every story, but I know a lot of the stories. And you'd be shocked because some of the holiest people sitting near you, that look like they've never had a problem and are always praising the Lord, have been through hell. You just don't know it. So when you go through hell, the enemy says, you're alone, you, I, I, I got you, and nobody's ever been this way before. You're, you're stuck forever. And I'm telling you, God wants to get you from where you are to where he wants you to be. The word to Joshua was cross over, get everyone across, leave no person behind. You know, the word church, Literally means, when Jesus first mentions it in in Matthew chapter 16, on this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? The word church there is ecclesia. It, It means a gathering together of called out ones to action. A gathering together, the prefix ek there from the Greek it means, it's an action word. It's a, it's a do something with it. It's a gathering together of called out ones to action. In that is implied in gathering. To, the word together is from to gather to get together to... Listen, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they were not just all in the upper room. They were there and they were of one heart and one soul, one mind. They were were gathered together, gathered together in one accord. They were in unity. They were in unison. They were in harmony. They were working together. Are you getting this? And this is where God can pour out his spirit. There is no unity without first establishing personal connections thus the new building. I've been kind of pondering. I told you last week that two different people in the last couple of weeks, one is our contractor um, at Florida Metal Buildings, and and Bobby said to me a few weeks ago, I have never seen the resistance to a building project like this building project. He said, I've built all kinds of churches. He said, I've never seen the resistance to this building project. He said, this is the devil for sure. And and he's a Christian. He said, this is the devil for sure. And he said, I'm telling you, God has big plans for what's going to happen in there. Amen. Amen. Now. A day later, 24 hours later, the power company guy, who I don't know his relationship with the Lord, told me almost the same thing, just didn't mention the devil. He said, I've never seen a project like this. He said, we've been trying to get you and help you and work some things out with all your transformers and all things you're doing with the power lines. And he said, we've had resistance for equipment and labor on every side. And so I'm kind of pondering on that the last few days because we're still having a little bit of resistance. We're getting close, and we're going to be in, in Jesus' name, and we really are. But it seems to me now, and kind of meditating on that thought, it seems that a building, that building a place that encourages genuine unified connections in the body of Christ must pose an even greater threat to the powers of darkness than simply building a sanctuary, cuz we had resistance to this when we built it 27 years ago. But nothing compared to what we have now. What is it? Look, I love to I love you to come here and listen to the message. But that's not all church is. The church can never be stronger than its individual relationships. Its family to family, person to person. It's people getting together and glorifying God. Listen, Revelation 12, 11, some of you know it by heart. And they overcame him, the, the body, the gathering. They overcame him, the evil one, by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony has so much power that the enemy wants to keep you contained where you can never share it. Sharing your stories about the goodness of God with each other. Inviting your friends. The gathering together. Listen, the word church to Jesus, when he, when he used the word church, he didn't use the word synagogue. He, used, he said, upon this rock I'll build my church, not my synagogue. Why? Because he was trying to declare a different thing than just the assembly of people coming into the same room and listening to a sermon. That was the synagogue. He saw it. The word ecclesia was an actual Greek word that existed, it meant a civic center. Listen to this. It meant a civic center, like a life center, like a place where families could come and gather, and they would decide the fate of the city: what's allowed in the city, what's not allowed in the city. It was almost, it was like a it wasn't like a it was kind of like a city hall, but more than that, it was a, it was a center of operations for a community that came together and was they were in agreement and one accord and set themselves to make a difference to make the community better. That's what Jesus used to describe church. Not just, I hope you take notes. I hope you love the word like I love the word. But this is only a portion of of the calling of this house. And we've been limited for years by not having a lobby. We, I mean, we used to use the hub at the other end of the building. We'd have children's church. And then we'd have, as soon as service was over, we'd scoot the children over to the side because we had nurseries on the other side there. And we would then open it up. And that's where we used to have our newcomers receptions and things like that. Remember that? We, we, had our, we were the first church in the area in the late nineties to have a full kiosk with, with coffees, lattes, and uh, you know, mochaccinos and all these things. We had that. We're going to have it better over there eventually. But the point is, it's about relationships. And that's what scares the enemy. Why? Because light always dispels darkness. You, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine. You're the salt of the earth. Go assault someone. I don't mean, you know, in the bad way. I don't mean rough them up. I mean go salt someone. Go 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 be who you go be who you are. In sharing your stories of the goodness of God. Be the salt, be the light. Listen, light always wins. Nobody ever went into a room and turned on a dark. Even back in the day, when I was growing up, I had all these blacklight posters when I was 16, 17. I painted my room dark blue. And I put all these black light posters from Spencer's Gifts. They had Spencer's Gifts back when I was a kid too. Haven't been in one in years, but we used to, you know, I had all my, I had all my KISS posters. I had Farrah Fawcett on one wall. The famous shot. Sorry. I realize some people think I'm just talking about a faucet. not. Anyway. I mean, I had all kinds of stuff I had to repent for. (laughs) But I would go on and turn on my black light. It was a purple lamp. And then everything just kind of lit up all around the room that glowed in the dark. That's not blackness. Even that's still light. You're the light of the world. When you share your story, Darkness is off. Every time you share any little portion of the goodness of God in your life and around you, light comes. Light just penetrates. And that, my friends, listen, we want you to give your life to Jesus if you don't know him already as Lord and Savior. You can do it right now. And that is a threat to darkness, but... The bigger threat is not just you praying a prayer and hanging on till you go to heaven when you die. The biggest threat is that you begin to see who you are called to be in Him and you begin to share that with other people. That you recognize that you're empowered to share. The next thing required for each individual to move forward in every transition is this the rewiring of your human soul, the rewiring of your own soul. The Bible says that we're each responsible for the renewing of our own minds, especially after seasons of isolation and chronic struggle. You can almost get conditioned to accept defeat and living in defeat and discouragement, and that's not God's best. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, to its image, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of times we cry out, God, change me. Change me. And I love that. It's a great prayer. And God says, okay, but you have a part to play too. I am changing you. I have changed you. But then you, God will not renew your mind. You have to renew your mind. Every place the Bible talks about renewing of the mind, it doesn't say God does it, it says you do it. You renew your mind. You have to begin to let your mind be saturated with God's goodness. First uh, Thessalonians, Paul writes in verse 5, verse 23, be sanctified in your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body. That word sanctified means to be set apart. To be set apart. You are a, sp- you are a spirit. You have a soul. Mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. You have that. You are a soul. Your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination. Everybody has it. You have that. That doesn't change. The moment you got saved, you still had the same soul. you still have the same mind. The only way you can change it is to get into the word and seek God for yourself by the Holy Spirit. Listen, how many were raised in uh, public school, went to public school? Like Pastor Chris said, we didn't have air conditioning in Florida back when I was in public school uh, in the early days, elementary school at least. And we had those old jealousy windows and we used to have to bring with your, with your school pack. I don't know if everybody remembers this but me, but we had, we had, to, bring, we had to bring this stick of like um, this thing to rub around your face because gnats were giving kids pink eye all the time. I mean, it was all the time because the windows were open. In the, the fact, they didn't even have screens on them. You remember that? They didn't even have screens on those windows for us. So bugs were around all the time. And we had gnats all around. We had to take this, it was a giant 612 stick and you had to put it, like put it here, not on your eyes, but you had to put it on your face so these bugs would leave you alone. That's "That's how long ago I grew up there, kiddies. I just realized I just had a senior moment. I thought it was funny, Pastor Christopher, here talking about seniors. He almost is one. He's going to join us in a few years. Almost, I said almost. Anyway, third grandchild is due any minute, you qualify now. Anyway. Listen, if you went to public school, you spent your whole life training your soul, training your mind, and taught to live by the power of the mind. The whole university system is, what do they call it? The Greek system, the, the fraternities and sororities. The Greeks were all about intellectualism, all about big ideas, all about sharing ideas. It's all about the intellect. It's all about the power of the mind. But when you got born again, something else happened that sparked your spirit man, your, the real you. The, the Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart where your conscience has always been, but more than just your conscience. The Holy Spirit moves in to the core of the decision-making power of you incorporated. And if you don't learn to grow in him and in relationship and in discerning how God is talking to your heart and leading you and growing you and empowering you and challenging you, you can very easily... Be a Christian and still live by this. Remember, a few weeks ago, talked about nominal Christians. Nominal Christianity begins with not feeding your spirit, but building up your head more than your heart. You live by intellect. Now, I'm not saying. Listen, God didn't tell you to throw away your brain when you got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but He did say that you have to build up yourself in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. Some people freak out about tongues, no tongues, whatever else. Listen, the word says, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in the Spirit, you now are giving more power to this than this. And this is now renewed and regenerated because of what's happening in here. Are you getting this? So we have to train ourselves. What, why were we called Spirit Life for the first many years of our church? Why? Because spirit life, we, we felt that God said, first of all, the scripture we had when we founded was John 6, 63. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. They are spirit and they're life. That was our founding scripture. That's why we called it spirit life. But spirit life, we said, is a lifestyle of walking with God. It is a lifestyle. You, know, you, can, you can have spirit life when you're at the beach you can have spirit life when you're in your home and you can have spirit life at church. You're not limited. It's not See, religion wants to put God in compartments. Religious people, nominal people that live by the power of the head and not the spirit man, they put God in little boxes and they have a Sunday morning compartment even if they have even if they go to church They have a Sunday morning compartment. And it's real easy, by the way, if you become nominal to even, you know, every Sunday can easily, after a COVID situation, become a once a month. And then if it's a once a month, it can easily become, you know, Christmas and Easter only. A whole lot of churches, we we joke about it sometimes, a whole lot of churches have CEOs, Christian Easter only people and they'll show up and they'll come in and say hi this is my church nice to see you all see you at easter that's nominal christianity that's not how, how do you honor god when you got this little when when you when you're waffling waffling like putting things in little sections like you put syrup on your waffle god is not god is the whole waffle he's not in a little box He's not in one little compartment. He's in Yes, he's in your healing. He's in your wholeness. He's in your relationships. He's in your money. He's in your TV habits. He's in He's in your posters on your wall. Kids. God wants you to live out of your spirit, not out of your soul. If you live out of your soul, you're always going to be led by your emotions, by your feelings, more than what thus saith the Lord. The carnal mind, Romans 8 says, is enmity against God. The unrenewed, unregenerate mind is the enemy of God. To be carnally minded is? Say it death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace if your life is out of order today begin to get it in an order we say around here life works best when god is first not second third or 15th life works best if your life is out of order set god first First in your mind, first when you wake up in the morning, first in your priorities, first in your tithes and offerings, first, 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 first. Every area where God is first will start lining up faster than the other areas. Life works best when God is first. Very simple truth. We say it here all the time. The word says... It's 3 John 2. Uh, uh, John writes this, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Prosperity, I told you we don't, believe in, we don't believe in excess here. We believe in success here. You are being positioned for success. You are being, you, God wants you to be blessed in what you do for your job, blessed in your marriage, blessed in your finances, blessed in, every, in your health. He wants you blessed. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be stuff you have to get through and still hang on to that. But here's the correlation. John said, I want you to prosper and be in good health Even as your soul prospers. Even as your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and imagination are being renewed to honor God. Renewed to think like God thinks. The Bible says we've been given the mind of Christ. The mind of the anointed one and his anointing dwells in you. If you start to have, you know... Memory issues, God forbid, you have to begin to start declaring to your own self, to your own mind. Listen, I have the mind of Christ. I've been given the mind of Christ. I don't have to forget everything. I don't have to do it. Listen, we all have different moments. We all have, we all have moments where we, you know, put something in the wrong place and lose it. That doesn't mean you're going crazy, but it does mean you should begin to take authority over that kind of thing. I forget what it was a couple years ago. I, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. But I found in our, in our drawer across from our refrigerator, I had placed about $5 worth of cheese. <laughs> and I said to my wife, I don't know, you won't believe what I did today. Like I put, a, I put groceries that should be in the fridge and instead, whatever I was thinking, I put it in a drawer and it was nice and, ripe right when I got to it. It was, uh, it was all kinds of colors. And I'm like, I did that. I, I, why did I do that? On the contrary, you know, Pastor, Pastor Lindsay's young, but he puts his keys in the refrigerator sometimes. I'm not kidding. Now he does it on purpose as a little reminder to himself. But we all do stuff. But the Bible says this, set your mind on the things above. Uh, you know, you set your watch, right? We have to set your mind on the things above. You have to set it. Because it'll run wild on you. A couple more things, that I'm done. You are aimed in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. You are posi- positioned and you are aimed you are headed, whether you like it or not, you are headed in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Whatever you, what, what, listen, here's what the word says. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. This is true now and forevermore. If you're thinking or churning, or obsessing over something mentally or emotionally. You are literally dwelling on it. Somebody says, what are, you, what are you dwelling on? What are you thinking about all the time? What are you dwelling on? That means you're building a house on a thought. And we've all done it. Don't act like you don't. The Bible says if you, if you put garbage in your, in your inside you're going to get garbage out. If you feed the word, you're going to get the word. What are you building your house on? The Bible says, be transformed, ready to change, ready to cross over every transition by renewing your mind. Be transformed by renewing your mind. In the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Think on these things, the epistle says. Think on these things, whatever things are pure, true, holy, virtuous, praiseworthy, good. Think on these things. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart. And the word guard there is garrison. You're gonna have, you're gonna have military help around your heart in a way that's gonna guard, stand guard on your heart when you feed on the right stuff. If you got fear in your life or negativity, check out what you're dwelling on. What have you been thinking about when you're all by yourself and nobody's around and it's you and just hanging out? What are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? As the Lord spoke to Joshua about crossing over to the promised land, he reminded him that Moses is dead, meaning that a kind of honoring the past yes but recognizing that the old mindset needed to be discarded the old mindset needs to be discarded you've got to chuck it you got to get rid of it you got to put it in the garbage you got to kick it to the curb you got to get it out of there you got you've got to say no 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 i'm not doing that <clears throat> you've got to understand you have a choice and you have to get rid of old mindsets. Listen. Moses' generational mindset was maintenance. All we have to do, guys, 40 years, God said we're going to do this 40 years. We're wandering in the wilderness. We just got to go, get up today and go where God says to go. And his, their attitude was, let's do our best to exist day by day. Let's find a way to cope with this wilderness we're in with all these problems and situations we find ourselves in, all we have to do for food, you don't have to go to work, just have to go outside the door and collect manna and come back and prepare it. That's all you gotta do. That's maintenance. That's just going through. The wilderness wanderers, were just maintaining, just, just maintain, just fine. And let me just say this to you. If you're in a position in certain places in your life, for a short burst, Maintaining is better than not maintaining. Coping is better than flipping out. Coping is better, but it's not God's best. God's best for you is not just coping, it's conquering. Are you with me? God was calling Joshua to an entirely new mindset and to put it into the people, conquering Canaan and possessing the land. We're not wandering anymore, we're not renting anymore, we're not squatters anymore, we're going to own property, we're going to have our own, we're going to claim land, we're going to settle it, we're going to build farms, we're going to build ranches, we're going to build cities, we're going to have government, we're going to have the community became a much bigger concept than before. This is what I'm challenging you to do as we cross over from this building to that building. And right, That's not a new sanctuary, those of you who haven't been inside. That's not a new auditorium. We're, this is great. We love this. We can fit 400 people in here, and in a few weeks, we're going back to two services, and we'll fill it up twice on Sundays. Praise God. So growth is here, and we're talking about maybe next year we might have to add a third service. That's okay. We're, we're going to pray it through if God wants to do that. Right, the pressing need for this church, if you go look in those rooms today, has always been for the last years, children's ministry. Classrooms for kids and space to get together and be a community and get to know more than the back of somebody else's neck sitting in front of you. You, you all know the necks in front of you. Most of you sit in the same seats every week. You know when the, you know when they got a haircut, and you know when they need one. Right? You know when it comes in a little different color than it was before. That's OK. Somebody asked me the other day, you pastor, you color your hair? I said, no, I don't color my hair. Every three weeks, I have a guy that touches up the roots and then he just grows out. <laughs> don't color it, didn't, didn't paint my hair. A community becomes a bigger concept. That's where we're headed. To be able to have small groups, relationships, space for kids to grow where they want to bring their friends food food we have a full kitchen over there with the cafe oh my gosh we're going to we're going to we're going to start off slow and then build up but that thing within a certain period of time is going to be a fully functioning cafe with baristas and great equipment and the whole thing not promising we're going to start there but I'm telling you that's where we're headed Why? Because that's how community has grown. That's how you get to know people. Conquer. A conquering mentality is so different than a maintaining one. And yet, I've just described some of you in the room and some of you watching on the streaming. Some of you are trapped in, a, in an endless cycle of lack and struggle, struggle, struggle and going through the motions and then I'm a victim. It's somebody else's fault. I can't, well, it's because of this, it's because of that and we're going around the same dang mountain we've been going around for 20 years. That is wilderness, my friend. That is not the promised land. That is not your future. That is not where you're headed. Though you, though you may be there right now, take a step toward the promised land. Get up and cross over. While well, faith is required for both maintaining and conquering, and overcoming, conquering faith has to be built up in strength, activated in boldness, and released decisively. You can't have this mamby pamby. Well, I, I think I'm going to do better, but I don't know. I'm going to think I'm going to do better, but I don't know. I think I'm going to do better, but I don't know. Somebody watch it with volume down just thinks I did a crazy dance. Moses' leadership style was more managerial. Let's. Keep these people alive. But God told Joshua, become a commander. Become a forceful general in the army of God. Joshua's anointing from heaven produced a noticeable change in the children of Israel. No longer would they allow the slave mentality of the past to remain. It was still in the parents from 40 years. They still thought like slaves because every time they got under pressure, they said, well, what did you bring us out here for? To die in the wilderness, Moses? We could have died in Egypt. Egypt was better. We at least had leeks and onions and garlic. That's what they said. Read the scriptures. Instead of being owned properties, God was promising you will own properties for yourself. Rather than survival mode, They would shift their hearts to thrive in the promised land and glorify God with all they would accomplish in his name. There was a new ethic that came into the people called work. didn't have to work when you just collect your manna outside the door and live in a tent. But you do to have a ranch or a farm or build a business or build a city or find your giftedness. They would graduate from collecting manna every day on the ground to the land flowing with milk and honey. That didn't mean there were, there were milk and honey rivers. There weren't. With the milk and honey command, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk flows out of cows. Cows sometimes kick. Honey comes from bees and bees often sting. You have to worry about that in the wilderness. But you do now because you're crossing over. You rewire by repenting of the thoughts that exclude God from the equation. Fear, failure, doubt, unworthiness, unbelief, anger, resentment, immorality. You sometimes have to touch your own head. No, I resist that thought. No, 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 we're not having that dream again tonight. No, 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 we're not staying awake here churning and dwelling over something I can't control. No. No, in Jesus' name, no. I submit it to God and I resist the enemy. And the enemy has to flee. My friends, it's time to cross over to the other side. Together. Together. Let's pray. Father, we give you glory and honor. We thank you for what you've been doing these 33 years of our foundation. But Lord, you have seen fit to allow us to move forward into this new legacy building, this new family center, this new place where we can glorify you in brand new ways. Lord, show your glory. We ask you to show your glory. And Father, I take authority in Jesus' name over every spirit of division any person that's been under mind control, any person that's been been captivated and brainwashed by the spirit of the day, the spirit of the age, we break the power of it off of your mind and ask you to wake up to the truth of God's love, his word, his purpose, his promise, that the Holy Spirit is around you, that the Holy Spirit, as we sang earlier, wrap me in your arms, Holy Spirit, When I'm in your arms, I know I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Because out of that strength, you make me new and you make me whole. Invite Jesus into your life today. Invite him to be first. Get the order right. God first. Family second, work third, church fourth. Some of you have a lot of other areas you have to put in there. I'm just saying, put put it put God first. You want to get things in order? You feel like you feel like you're overwhelmed and stuff is just crazy and out of order. First step: get it in order. Repent and say, God, be first. Be first. I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but you know who you are. You're in a season right now and stuff is just kind of out of control and you're feeling overwhelmed. Cry out to him right now. Jesus, I pray for every person whose heart is open, who has you, has that need for you to come and bring order out of the chaos, peace in the midst of the storm, restoration, restoration, in the midst of the ashes. For we look to you, Jesus. Listen, the Bible says to as many as received him, Jesus, he gave the power to become the children of God. In every area where you receive him, you you might know him as savior, but you've never known he's a healer. And if you don't know he is a healer, you can't receive him as healer. But today... You can say, Lord, you're my doctor. You're you're Dr. Jesus. You're you're my healer. If you receive him as healer, he'll give you the power to become the child of God in that area too. Because legally you are. He'll take care of you. He'll provide. And you're gonna cross over. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you get something today? I sure hope so. God is doing something powerful in this house. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory and honor and praise. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.